You are listening to A Taste of Romamu, a Jcast Network podcast. For more information about Romamu, please visit romamu.org. For more information about the other Jcast Network podcasts and blogs, please visit jcastnetwork.org. Sometimes I, um, I ask my kids why they want something. You know, why do you want that candy? Why do you want the... Why do you want whatever they want, right? And they usually respond something like, I don't know, because. <laughs> Anybody ever have that? All the time, right? In Hebrew, that because clause, that because is known in Hebrew as kacha. Like in Israel, if you had a split screen between, right? Eli and anybody else in here who speaks Hebrew fluently, you ask a kid in Israel, why do you want that? And they say, oh, because it's basically kacha, with a shrug of the shoulders, kacha. I call it kachology. <laughs> right? So kachology is when the desire for something is rooted in something greater than the reason you ever give for it. Kachology is it is because it is because it is. It is tautological. I want it because I want it. And the Hasidim have a beautiful way of saying that. There's no... Wanting isn't rational. I think that we would all agree that the marketing industry in, in North America has figured that one out. <laughs> we don't want because we need. We want because we want. Why do you want that? Well, I... I want it. Desire itself is as Zen as it comes, because if Zen is, the nature of Zen Buddhism is paradox. Maybe those who don't know what Zen is, Zen Buddhism is rooted, at least many of its practices are in the inability of you yourself to figure it all out by yourself with your rational mind. You need something beyond your rational mind to kind of pull your rational mind out from underneath its own Illusion of control, illusion of self. Did I lose everybody there? I just kind of checked in. <laughs> I was like, wait a second, I'm just on a, on a riff and I'm not sure if I lost everybody. <laughs> Rooted in the Zen notion of a koan, of a riddle that doesn't have a logical answer, like the sound of one hand clapping or your original face, the one you had before you were born is the assumption that the more you try to figure it out with one part of you, you will eventually collapse from the impossibility of the adventure and of the figuring out itself. Paradox. Desire is paradoxical. And ridding ourselves of desire is equally paradoxical. To be rid of desire to Desire to end desire is itself to be caught in a kind of infinite regression, a confusion. Am I desiring now when I say I don't want to desire? (laughs) Famously in Buddhism, the Buddha said that to end suffering one had to cease desire. The end of all desire, which is often misunderstood at least in some of the schools of Buddhism, desire isn't the problem, but craving is the problem. 
Desire isn't itself the problem, but the craving, the grasping, the I can't do without that is the problem. Desire arises, desire is. Judaism is equally ambivalent about desire. There's a story in the Talmud that says that the rabbis were so sick and tired of the sexual lust, which in the Talmud is a catch-all for desire itself, that they decided to gather together in a kind of desire conference, <laughs> and they were going to eradicate desire. They were going to abolish the Yetzer Hara, the evil inclination, otherwise known in Talmudic jargon. That is like the evil inclination is desire. So they did away with it for a couple of days. <laughs> They did. I mean, that's what Talmud says. They did away with the evil urge. There was no Yetzirah to be found anywhere. And then this story. Talmud says, then what happened? Well, someone got sick. And in order to heal that person, they needed to find an egg for the medicine that was necessary to heal this sick person. And they went everywhere looking for an egg. And they couldn't find an egg. Little did they know, of course, that they had rid the world of desire and they had, of course, rid the world of creativity, of birth itself. Birth itself is rooted in desire to go beyond myself, to give life. This ambivalence is also found theologically. Theologically, it's also when the question arises, why would a God who is completely self-sufficient, perfect in every which way, need a world? The why of creation is rooted in this same question. Why did God create the world, my children? ask, our children have asked, we have asked, and you know the answer given in the mystical sources? <laughs> the question is rooted in a misunderstanding of desire itself. Just as desires arise within us, so they arise within the divine as it were. We are created in God's image and just as God had a desire for us, it's even the language is used, God had a, discern, a, 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 ta'ava, a desire to be in the lower world. This world is God's expressed desire. Why do I bring up desire on this Shabbos? This Shabbos, Shabbat, tomorrow morning, we'll be reading about the beginnings of the rumblings in the book of Numbers. The Israelites, the Jews in the desert, don't stop kvetching. <laughs> they will kvetch at least six times. They will complain. Their complaints will range from, we wish we were back in Egypt having the watermelon and the fish, to the incredible complaint in tomorrow morning's reading where they say, Mi achilenu basar, who will give us the meat? We want meat. Where's the beef? <laughs> and the way that that particular complaint is introduced tomorrow, listen to these words. This band of individuals, whoever they might be, that were in the community, they desired a desire. This would, of course, lead to the episode of the Slav, the episode of the meat that was rained down, and eventually lead to a burial place known as Kivrot HaTa'ava, 
the graveyard of desire. The crave grave. <laughs> the rabbis are confused. What does hit avu, they desire to desire mean? Rashi and others say there was, no, there was nothing missing for them, so they fabricated a desire. They were completely at rest, at peace. And so that state bothered them. And so they fabricated, they created a desire. I was sitting with a member of our community on Monday and a wonderful question kind of broke out in the group. Why is it that you do what you do, the question was. Why is it that you're involved? What is the most meaningful thing in your life? What, do you, what makes meaning for you? And as we went around the room, people said such beautiful things. And one person said something that has stuck with me all week. He said, what's meaningful for me is to have challenges. When I don't have a challenge that I don't feel meaningful or meaningfully engaged. And it was at that moment that I understood the tension between being and becoming, between divine repose that is perfect and the desire that arises to become more, the tava, the desire. If we only had being, if it was everything was mushlam, everything was perfect as it is, as it already is, that would yield a kind of complacency if we didn't have desire, we would be complacent. But to have too much desire, to have too many challenges, to have to fabricate desires in order to feel as if you are alive, that is, to be on the other side where you've forgotten the gratitude of being. These two places are present for each and every one of us, the being of where we are and the becoming of who we are becoming. And in between the gap, <coughs> I was in England a couple of years ago, and of course we know this, right? They have this great, they have this great t-shirt, they have it everywhere, they have these insignias, and it kind of has this big circle, almost like a Ghostbusters. And people know what it says? It says, mind the, mind the gap. Tomorrow morning's reading and the reading of what it is to be in the desert is between becoming and being. In the place of kacha, do we fabricate challenges? Do we create dramas? One of the most wonderful things about a book that Mark Epstein wrote, he's a psychoanalyst who's also a Buddhist, he wrote about, something, about desire. It's called Opening to Desire. And he writes this. In Zen, they say, if something is boring for two minutes, try it for four. <laughs> if it's still boring, try it for eight, 16, 32, and so on. The Zen-inspired composer John Cage, right? That which is overlooked and underappreciated in our lives is food for thought, for reflection. It's so beautiful that Judaism makes us pause between the moment of desire and the moment of its satisfaction to make a blessing. Because that is the gap that we must mind Minding the gap between the arrival of a desire and its completion. Amazon and every other online marketer. You don't want to just actually go to the checkout. You want one click. 
Because if you were to sit for a moment in the gap between whether or not you really need that luggage weight or not, do you really need, do you really need? You know, my wife was, uh, showed me a documentary about what it's like to live in Japan and talking about happiness and doing all these studies on happiness around the world. And Japan is one of the least happy countries in the world. Even though it's, GD, it's gross national product is very high. GDP. They even have a term in Japan for dying from overwork, karushi. Karushi. The things that make us happy and the things that don't make us happy. And one thing the study showed was that happiness is usually construed in the West as People know it, right? What's number one? Will make me happy? There you go. Money will make us happy. What's the second thing that will make us happy? Anybody know? Not sex? Success? Well, success is money. Image. Image. Being seen in a certain way. And the third, quote unquote, happiness quotient, HQ, is fame or notoriety or to some, some status. Status. And you know what they say the three actual things you need to be happy are? <laughs> Meaning, family. I'll leave the third one for you to look up. Hit avu ta'ava. Hit avu ta'ava. Hit avu ta'ava. Hit avu ta'ava. They desire a desire. The Torah wants us this week to know. That even though desire has no time, it has no reason, it's not rational, one thing that we can work on is the space between what we desire and what we crave. Mind the gap. Mind the gap between the things that arise that you think you want and their satisfaction. I can't get no, I can't get no, I can't get no. Though I try, I try, I try. But I'm going to stay in that gap. I'm going to stay right there in between. Resting in between. Minding the gap. Makes the world of difference between our unhappiness and our happiness, between our rebellion and our contentment. God should bless each and every one of us with a gap that is minded. Mm -hmm.